What's up, y'all? Uh, I wanted to give you guys a, a quick down and dirty of my experience with David Goggins' 4x4x48 challenge and kind of how I was able to meet the challenge head-on coming from a place of, of not running, not being cardiovascularly fit, um, and just being excited about the challenge. So let's go ahead and dive right into it, shall we? The very on the very outset, I wanted I wanted to just lay out some some contextual factors without turning this into story mode. So about seven years ago, I had a back injury, um, being in the army, serving in an airborne unit, had a jump, tweaked my back, herniated some discs, uh, kind of ended my running career from there. I was I was really motivated and into running, running about half marathon a day or so, and uh, and that all changed. And I've never really been that much of an avid runner since because it aggravates my back. Um, started getting back into it. Um, started getting really physically uh, motivated and and moving outdoors again with my wife out in the mountains. And this was last summer. Um, around July and the August time frame, and we rounded out like three weeks in a row of going up mountain after mountain after mountain, and finally we went to Mount Rogers, which is, we're in Virginia, the highest mountain in Virginia, woo I know, it's, it's huge, it was like 5,400 feet, maybe 5,700 feet, maybe, maybe, um, but yeah, so we went up there, and then we, we came back, uh, and long story short, I ended up uh, like I had some muscle spasms that made it so I wasn't able to really walk for the next day or two. I kind of locked up, went on the ground, and and went completely immobile for a day and a half, and and heavily assisted for another day and a half after that. And so that was um, that was August. And what I, I had been made aware of the four by four by forty eight challenge with David Goggins maybe about a year ago, um, and I. It, it tickled my fancy because I'm really into pushing my limits. You know, uh, when I intermittently fasted for eight months, I did it for 20 hours a day. Um, and then I only ate a huge keto dinner and, and I cheated with a beer, you know, at the end. So but that was only for like four or six months of the eight anyway. But when I, I like to find weird, crazy things and, and then really dive in and kind of see what it does to me, what I can do with it. And, and I just, I love that stuff. I'm really passionate about it. I'm passionate about finding my limits, pushing them and, and seeing where the new limits lie beyond that. And this was for, to me, this was another opportunity to opportunity to do exactly that. Um, and so I got interested in it about a year ago and I, I never really thought I was going to be able to do it because of all of those contextual factors that I just laid out. Um, and then I heard about it again, Lex Friedman on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I was like, you know what, let's do it. Um, interestingly enough, <laughs> we ran into some, some planning conflicts, uh, where we were supposed to be going on a family trip that weekend. Uh, it's supposed to be March 5th is when David Goggins like event for this is going down. And so, um, I had to make a call and, and the call had to be like, I'm going to do this now, uh, because if I, I know if I, in my head, if I push this back, it's not going to happen. Right. So, and I, I wanted to make sure that this happened and, and I didn't want to throw in an excuse and, and push it later. I was like, the only way that this makes sense is if I do it now and I have to do it right now, right now, which actually ended up being last Wednesday, midday through Friday morning was my 48 hour adventure here in Virginia. And so 
I needed to do it then. I needed to do it right away when I found out that the plans conflicted because we didn't have the ability to get refunds on our tickets for the Airbnb we're staying at. We're trying to get catch the slopes one last time before the end of the season. So we're going to go snowboarding. And I needed to make sure that I had enough time to actually recover so my legs weren't smoked going into snowboarding so that it was actually worth it. And so I needed, I wanted to make sure I didn't do it this weekend going into next weekend because that'd be a disaster. Although right now, I'm fe- honestly, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good right now. And I did this, uh, you know, a week ago. Essentially, I was doing this a week ago. And it was, um, and, and like I said, like I didn't really do anything. For, from, from August, when I had my back spasm and wig out, to the end of January, I ran maybe two or three times, maybe. And, uh, and then, and then in when I realized that when I when I took this on, uh, I made sure I told my wife right away. I was like, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be crazy." And she's like, "Yeah, that makes sense. You're crazy, so like, I'm not going to do it with you." I'm like, "That's fair." <laughs> so I uh, so I had her buy in. She knew about it, and and I I wanted to do a little bit of a train up, but it, obviously that got shortened because I lost two weeks. <laughs> and but I did so I did I ended up running a two mile one day and then a three mile the next day and then a four mile and then a four mile. Like I said, this is like the really the first time that I dedicated any focused energy towards running in like six months. So so it was um and I felt pretty good, you know, considering, but I was still nervous going into it. And I and I figured that the most important aspect of this was actually going not going to be the physical conditioning. My my biggest concern was the mental aspect of it. It's like I need to make sure that my head's in the game. And and I knew that this was something that I've really wanted to accomplish because the the principle number one here is that it aligned with how I identify myself. And and you can use your different identify like your different core identifiers here as they fit you know if you're a runner then then use the fact that you identify yourself as a runner if you know for me it wasn't that you know i could have done that back in the day when i was running a lot but that didn't that doesn't apply now because i'm not a runner um i enjoy physical fitness so i like to push my limits in ways that that push my body and my mind uh and the limits of that so that's that identity that that constantly wanting to push myself was the identity factor of this and that was part that was the that was the initial part and kind of a an ongoing key mental factor that allowed me uh to fuel the motivation to to lean back on when things were getting tough I was like this is this is why i do this i do it because it's hard that's why i'm doing it like oh this sucks right now like yeah that's why i'm doing it so every time during the run that it came i'm like oh my god this sucks so bad like i'm so tired and i just i can't even see straight and you know like that's why i'm doing it because it's hard what happens what happens when i run through this you know and uh and that was really great and then and then that was good, but honestly, as important as that was, the system was 10 times as important. The schedule needed to be clear, right? I needed to not have uh, other things that were coming up in the way. So the biggest part about that was making sure that I can, that I, I arranged my work schedule appropriately. I, 
I, you know, recorded the things I needed to record for the show and the videos as I needed to. Um, I, I made sure that my wife was tracking and our daughter was aware and, you know, we had just gotten a puppy. And so I like, trying to work out like how the schedule was going to work. Like, Hey, do you want me to come into bed for the couple hours? It's going to mess up your sleep going to work. So we had to work all that stuff out. And that's, it wasn't something that I just left to the day of, I'm like, Oh, how are we going to do it? You know, like we were communicating about this and that was a, that was a huge part of the success there. Um, but it was, it was about the system, right? And it was about making sure that, you know, I had all my chargers uh, for my watch, my headphones, and my phone, like all the stuff that I wanted with me, my chargers were were moved to a central location. I had my clothes set up for, for different type of weather events, which I dealt with all of them. I dealt, except for like heat, right? It was cold. That was a, that was actually a very beneficial part of that, about this, is that I didn't go through clothes like crazy because I wasn't sweating at all for a lot of the runs because it was so cold. Um, and I was able to set up kind of a station like, okay, this is where I'm going to hang up the clothes and, you know, every second run then I'll wash these and, and I don't need to wash the jacket or that, you know, whatever. But I had, I had it all kind of laid out in a, in a meticulous way and it was all about that planning. Now, here's a part of the planning that I did, that I knew that I wanted to do, but I ended up running out of time and was not able to do was, was route mapping, right? I wanted to make sure that I had at least three routes that I could cycle through because it's essentially like six runs a day. So if I figure if I go through the route once... And then maybe I do the routes backwards than the, the other way. That's like, that's an entire, that's one whole like 24 hour period. And so, uh, that was, that was the plan. And then it came up like, dude, I don't, I don't have the routes. I know a couple around here that are decent. And, and that ended up being some of the bigger struggles is when I was kind of running aimlessly and I didn't know exactly where I was going. I was just kind of relying on my watch that tell me when I was hitting certain marks, like, okay, now I can start heading back to the house. But it was like kind of running aimlessly through the neighborhood at like four in the morning. You know, that, that was, that was probably uh, a big struggle that anybody could find themselves prey to. And so that would be something that I highly recommend that you, you make sure that you, you account for on the front end. Now, uh, additionally, there was a, a the the single biggest uh, variable that came up, an obstacle that came up for me, ended up being the weather, because it ended up snowing, which was actually really fun, because I was running at four in the morning during my first four in the morning run, and it was snowing and it was gorgeous, it was soft, and like I was just seeing my tracks on the road, just me, just my footprints, looking behind, and it was like the most amazing feeling in the world. It, it, to know that I was like, I was the only person up and running at that time. And I had been running at that point from 12 p.m. the day before. It's 12, 4, 8. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> 12 p.m., 4 p.m., 8 p.m., 12 a.m., and then 4. So I, that was my fifth run. So I was working on my 20th mile, like going meeting to the 20th by the end of that. And so knowing I was there, I was like, that feeling was also really significant for me. And, and that's what helped keep me going. It's like, I'm out here doing this and no one else is. And I knew that that was actually going to play a big role when it came to pushing back the date beyond the March 5th David Goggins event day. Is that if I saw everybody doing it and I'm out there trying to have fun with my family on this kind of vacation, this mini getaway, um, I'm going to end up like feeling emotionally conflicted, right? Like I'm going to be like, oh, I... I I know that I'm supposed to be doing this and, I, and when I'm here and it's fun, it's a good time, but like, I'm going to be torn. Like now I did it and I'm done and I had a recovery time and I'm going to fully and emotionally invest in the family time there. So it's not, it's not competing. That was another important aspect of my choice to do it on the front end early, you know, and, and to know that I'm like the only dude out there doing it right now. Like there was an aspect of that where I was looking forward to the community, but at the same time doing it alone, there was, there was a, for me, there's a motivational factor in that as well. Um, 
So, so that was huge. But then, then the snow switched to ice, and it got real treacherous. And this was, this is a, this is a cool part. I will say that honestly, like I'm, I get pretty rigid in my thinking when it comes to goal setting and planning and stuff like that. And so, when I had this in my head, I'm like, I want to run. I want to run the whole thing. And what? If if I had just been just me and just in my head, then I would have been really. I probably would have been a little bit, not, I wouldn't say emotionally devastated, but it would have been very frustrating for me to shift to walking in there. But there was a video, what David Goggins had put out, where he's like, I don't care if you walk, I don't care if you run, I don't care if you crawl, like you're going to get out there every four hours for four miles for 48 hours. Like, that's what we're going to do. And so like kind of getting that permission granted from the person that spurred this idea for me in the first place was significant and it allowed the flexibility that when my wife and and daughter wanted to go out and do uh, one of the walks do a walk with me on it i was like hell yeah and it was all icy out anyway and so i was like yeah you know let's do that and so we walked together for a four mile ended up just being me and my wife because the puppy situation didn't really work out well so daughter stayed home with the puppy me and my wife went out and walked four miles so that was really cool it was really great um and it was actually a way to like bring the family in and make them a part of it so i wasn't fully alone right i got to share the experience a little bit with them with her with my wife which was which was great and um and then that also made it easier for me, like, once it was the last two runs, really the last, like, two runs plus the half of the one before that, had to shift to to walking because it was so slick. Like, they were, the last runs were midnight, four, and eight, right? And so it was so cold and it was so slick with ice that, like, I found, like, a three-quarter mile lane near my house that was pretty ice free where I still slipped a couple of times that I just had to walk up and down. Like I, it was the only way that I was able to do it. It was so compacted with ice that I couldn't do it. I was like, but I, I didn't care at that point. I was like, I'm going to, I will walk this back and forth until I, yeah, until I can. And so there, I have, I have times on there on my, on my board that I wrote that were like the first two were like nine minutes and 45 seconds, which isn't blazing fast. I acknowledge, but you know, it is what it is. We're not running at all. I'll accept it. Uh, and then, you know, it shifts to like 10, mid 10s, and then some 12s, and then, you know, uh, and then it was like 22 for the walk, and then the last two were like 22, 23 minute mile pace. Um, and that was, that was that. And so, and really, that was, that's kind of what I wanted to, to just share with you guys is that in the challenge for me, I think the things that were the most important were, were, um, you know, having your goals set, but staying flexible. Right. Um, creating the paths, making a plan. Um, and so that way you, and and kind of going and mapping that stuff out, you guys still have time. If you're doing it with him, you still have time to do that now. So map out those areas, have different areas, different routes that you can run and alternates, especially based on whether it's a pouring rain, maybe you don't want to run that, uh, that park dirt path, you know, this time you have your cement path that you can go on. So you creates flexibility, creates resilience, creates redundancy, right? So it's, it's, it's important to have at least a couple of different, uh, clear paths that you know, the distance on that you don't have to think. It's like the more you can turn off your brain of thinking during this, the better that you can just kind of, uh, click were as it were, you know, and just, just insert yourself into the system that you created and, and just go. So if you can map those things out, like this is the track here, this is the track here at this time, this is the track here at this time, this is the path here at this time, then you can just follow the, the, the mantra that you've created, right? And then, and then assign yourself, assign it to your core values, assign it to your personality, assign it to who you are. And, and that is, um, kind of that reserve, reserve energy that's there to kind of 
guide you along the way. It's like your purpose. Why are you doing it? Like it's, well, it, it's part of my identity. It's part of who I am. How is that so? And you use that. You know, and, and I, I listened to, I'll try to create the, some not links, but I'll create a list of the things that I listen to um, during, I'm a really big podcast and audiobook listener. So that's what I ended up doing for most of these um, were those. It was, you know, a mix of Jocko, Wilnick, um, and I think it was some uh, Chasing Excellence with Ben Bergeron. And um, and it was definitely, oh gosh, uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life and stuff like that. Is This is the stuff that I was that I was listening to. But I mean, you find your own thing. You find your music that freaking jazzes you up and, and or you run silent. You let yourself get in meditation mode. You do your thing. But that's, I just wanted to share that with you guys and hopefully it helps you to create a little bit better uh, game plan going into March 5th. So I love it. I love you guys. Go out there and crush it. And let me know how it goes when you get done. 